Hallelujah, Father. Hallelujah, Jesus. God, you are magnificent. And Lord, there's nothing in this world that compares. Nothing at all. And Father, anything else that has our attention right now, we come against that in Jesus' name. And we put it all on you. Asking you, Father, to completely grab us. Arrest us where we're at. Arrest us where we're at, Lord, and confront us where we're at. Lord, you're a gentleman. But you want to know your children, and your children want to know you. Father, we want to go deep this morning. We want to go beyond what we've ever experienced, beyond what we've ever uh, felt with you, Lord. It's more than just feelings. But Lord, I pray that the experience that we have today is one that we can talk to people about for years to come. It's that significant. Lord, we just glorify your name this morning. We give you all of ourselves, all of us today. As we should every day. But Father, you're in this room right now as we speak. And we say, come Lord, we need more of that. We need more of you to flow through this place and to knock us out, Father, if you want to do it. But I pray that the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord, is what incites a change in us, Lord. God, we just want more of your presence. We want to be saturated in your presence, Lord. And so, maybe we aren't even going to preach today. <laughs> because the Spirit is so heavy. Let's, let's sing this Let It Rain one more time. And as we sing this, let it be the prayer of the deepest part of your heart for more of his presence this morning. It's thick, ladies and gentlemen. We want more. Amen. We want more. We want more. Come on, Father. Let it rain. Let it rain. Open us up. Open us up this morning. God, we thank you. We love you. We need you. Show us what you want for this morning. In Jesus' name. If you could with me right now, just open up your mouth and pray whatever's on your heart. Feel as though corporately we need to go before the Lord for the city. We need to go before the Lord for our families. We need to go before the Lord for our, 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 our personal stuff, yes, but go before the Lord for the person next to you. Go before the Lord for the, the, the neighbor across the street, for that person you bumped into at the, the supermarket who you knew was carrying something, but we missed the opportunity to pray for him. Let's, let's speak to the Lord right now. Come on, Father. Father, we just lift this time up to you, Lord, knowing that you want to do a mighty work today, this morning. And God, we pray for this city. We pray for the people in it. We pray for the other churches that are having service this morning, that they would get knocked out with the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord, that it would be nothing other than the gospel being preached, Lord, and the word of God coming across the pulpit, Lord. 
this morning be in this place. We want healing today, Lord. We need healing today, Jesus. Yes, Father. Yes, Father. Father, we lift all of these prayers up to you this morning. We know that you hear every single one of them. God, we ask for discernment, wisdom. Lord, for you to impart something to us today. We thank you for this worship time. <laughs> Guys, this is what it's about. This is church. Father, we thank you. We need you. We love you. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. You can be seated finally. That's good. So the Lord is sitting right next to you. When we say that he's here, his presence is in his room, oh man. You can look around and, and, and say, yes, Jesus is on that wall. He's on that wall. Uh, thank you for being here this morning. The Lord wants to uh, shake things up. And I can say that uh, I, I love the extended worship time. I'm going to have to try to get through this one. Not necessarily quick, but as, as he's shaking things up this morning, he, sh he shook me up last night um, in the sense that I think I have mistitled this message. I sat down last night looking through, not really notes, but reading through this again, and the Lord just said, this is what I want you to preach. I don't want you to preach what you were going to preach. It happens every once in a while. And so, um, there's some, some amazing things in this scripture that if you go through it too fast, you'll miss it. But what has been communicated through the, uh, over the pulpit, through the pulpit before, and you guys have heard me say this, is that the gospel is in everything. Amen? The gospel is in this set of scripture. And it's, it's in this scripture in a way that um, it arrests my heart because there's a couple statements I want to make before we read this. And one is I want to say this. You cannot fix yourself. Okay? Understand that this morning. You cannot fix yourself. Please hear me when I say that. I'll say it again just to make sure that everybody gets it. <laughs> the, the hands that you put on your situation, your circumstance. There's no way that you can get yourself over the hump. So what would, it would be who of us right now to stop. Stop trying to do that. Does that make sense? The only thing that can fix you is the gospel. The only thing that can fix your situation, your circumstance, is that which is spoken from Genesis to Revelation. And how the Holy Spirit opens the, the, the word of God up to infiltrate and penetrate your heart. Let your heart be penetrated with the word of God today. Amen? Amen. The more we put our hands on something, <laughs> the worse it gets. So that's, that's the first statement. You cannot fix yourself. But what I want to say next before we read this is that I so appreciate how the gospel was set up. <clears throat> that it is for every man. It is for every woman. And there, it, there's no such thing as a language barrier for the gospel. There's no such thing as a cultural barrier. For the gospel. There's no problem too big for the gospel or too small for the gospel. Do you hear me this morning? What we're going to see here is because this gift is, is what it is, 
the gospel is so precious. Um, we we, we kind of have an understanding that the Jews haven't really carried that well. All right? The statement that I want to make is that the gospel doesn't need your help. The gospel needs your obedience. You catch me when I say that? It doesn't need you to doctor it up. It doesn't need you to present it in a way that might be acceptable to that individual because you're afraid of maybe offending them. The gospel does not need your help. It just needs your obedience. Amen? Amen. Let me read this scripture and then kind of bring us up to speed. And then we're going to dive into this. Um, the Lord changed all this late last night. I love it when he does that. So I'm not necessarily preaching off the top of my head as much as this comes from a deeper, deeper conviction. Um, which I think is the best conviction. But what I'm going to do, actually, uh, I, I have in your bulletin there, and we might have on the screen just verses 9 through 15. I'm going to go back really quick and read 1, all the way up until 8. Pause for a second, and then we'll read 9 through 15. So here's verse 1 of chapter 4 in Romans. It says this, What then shall we say that Abraham our forefather according to the flesh has found? For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. Now to the one who works, his wage is not credited as favor, but as what is due. But to the one who does not work, but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is credited as righteous, righteousness. Just as David also speaks of the blessing, the blessing on the man to whom God credited righteousness apart from works. Blessed are those who lawless deeds have been forgiven and whose sins have been covered. Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord will not take into, an, into account. So last week we had the wonderful opportunity of opening chapter 4. And chapter 4 brought up this individual, Abraham. And we had a chance to highlight Abraham and, and look at the story of this man. And how the Lord promised something to this guy. Now, has the Lord promised you anything ever in your life? I hope he has. And if he hasn't, get on your knees, all right, and ask him for a promise. Because he'll give you one. He will. But he pulls Abraham outside and says, look, I want you to turn your eyes to the sky. Try to count the stars if you can. Your descendants will number the stars, outnumber the stars. Now, for Abraham's situation, that was completely diametrically opposed to where he was physically, him and his wife. A promise was made that didn't look like it would ever be able to happen. But it shows us, tells us here in verse 3, that after the Lord said this to, to Abraham, that this is my promise to you, it said that Abraham did one thing. He believed. And because of that belief, something was deposited to his account. Something was credited to him. It was credited as righteousness. Now, that seems like a pretty easy, how do I say this? <laughs> yeah, pretty easy transaction. I like that word. It's good stuff. 
All you have to do, ladies and gentlemen, is have a belief in you, in one person who says who, 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 who is who he says he is. I got to make sure I get that one right. And then there's, a, there's, there's something that happens there. It's credited to our account as righteousness, right? So what's going on in the context of these scriptures is Paul, the Lord is speaking through Paul to the church at Rome about justification by faith. Justification by works is out the window. But he's furthering the conversation, proving his point with an individual that the Jews put on a pedestal. The most esteemed man in the Jewish culture, Abraham. Paul's like, okay, if, if works is the it for you guys, if just simply living the law out is what you believe will bring you into a right standing with the Lord, then let me go and take Abraham. Let me go right to the top and show you how even this man is subject to the same principles as you and I. Subject to the same principles in the word of God as the person next to you. Does that make sense? So again, he's going to use the law here in verses 9 through 15 to communicate something. But what the Lord pulled out or showed me last night is that how Paul speaks about this this morning, it's the gospel, ladies and gentlemen. It's a picture of how the gospel, number one, doesn't need your help. It just needs your obedience. But how the gospel is for every man. And all he needs you to do is just give it. Are, are you with me this morning? We can be so about our programs. We can be so about our bulletins looking nice, which they do. I know Misty does that. I don't want to, you know, make that a bad thing. <laughs> we can be so about things that happen throughout the week. But if we get away from the fact that all of it points towards the gospel of Jesus Christ, then we miss it. We miss it. Are you guys with me this morning? Is there anybody who's awake today? Amen? All right. So let me, let me read this. And then we're going to go back and kind of break this down just a little bit. Verse 9 says this. Is this blessing, the one that was spoken of in verse 6, is this blessing then on the circumcised or on the uncircumcised also? For we say faith was credited to Abraham as righteousness. How then was it credited? While he was circumcised or uncircumcised? Answers the question. Not while circumcised, but while uncircumcised. And he received the sign of circumcision, a seal of the righteousness, excuse me, of the faith which he had while uncircumcised. So that he might be the father of all who believe without being credited, uh, all who believe without being circumcised, that righteousness might be credited to them. And the father of circumcision to those who not only are of circumcision, but who also follow in the steps of the faith of our father, Abraham, which he had. Wow. Uncircumcised. Now I'm going to stop right there. 
we got to kind of read that through four or five times to, to really get what's going on. So obviously there's this issue of circumcised or uncircumcised, right? <laughs> well, to better understand the seriousness and the weight that's put on that specific, uh, specific ritual, the Jews saw that as something that was a duty for each one of them. Like, it wasn't even a question, you were going to do this. And if you didn't, it's kind of like excommunicated, see you later. But it, 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 it was a sign of something. It, it communicated that they were set apart. But it was also something that they saw as the doorway into living a life under the law of Moses. So they took this thing, and they, they used it to kind of back the Gentiles into a corner and say, look, well, you can't really be justified before the Lord because you haven't been circumcised, so I'm sorry. This gospel really isn't for you. So it's, it's the same thing, ladies and gentlemen, as taking one thing in the word and making it the it. We come on Sunday morning and we worship. If it's all about the worship, I'm sorry, it's, it's not all about the worship. If we make it all about the programs, if we make it all about the Bible studies, it's not, if we make it all about Sunday morning, no, we can't take one thing and make it the it. Amen? Amen? So this is what the Jews have done. We've taken one thing and kind of raised it up higher than what it's supposed to be, misused this issue. So what Paul does, what the Lord does through Paul is he takes that issue that's being misused and he says, okay, I'm going to show you how you're wrong in this. If you go back to the story of Abraham, which is in Genesis 15, uh, uh, the, the promise is made in, in verse 6, I believe. We have to understand that at that moment, when he brought, when the Lord brought Abraham out of the house to look up into the stars and he makes this promise, Abraham was not circumcised at that point. But yet it says that he was credited righteousness. There was this transaction. The Lord had a, an interaction with this man. However, what the Jews are saying is that you can't have an interaction with the Lord unless you're circumcised. So the whole conversation gets dumped on its head with these people. You guys trucking with me on that? Now let me go back up to verse 9. After he says what he says, verses 1 through 8, he poses some questions. He says, is this blessing then on the circumcised or the uncircumcised also? For we say faith was credited to Abraham as righteousness. Then he asks this question in verse 10. How then was it credited? And goes on to answer his own question. While he was circumcised or uncircumcised? Not while circumcised, but while uncircumcised. And this verse 11, a little bit of a, a backtrack to, to Genesis. It says, And then he received the sign of circumcision, a seal of the righteousness of faith, which he had while uncircumcised. Now, if you read further on in Genesis um, to chapter 17, this happened to Abraham while he was uncircumcised in chapter 15. Read more into chapter 17. He actually receives what it's saying, the sign of circumcision. 
So there's both sides of the spectrum here. What the Lord is trying to communicate, I believe, through this scripture, through this story of Abraham, is that he's making the gospel receivable by every man. Teachable to every man. To the Gentile in the uncircumcision, circumcision, and to the Jew in the circumcision. Does that make sense? So that's why it's kind of blowing me away. And we'll, l l let, me, let me read through the rest of this. And it says this. I'm going to read verse 11 again. And he received the sign of circumcision, a seal of the righteousness of the faith, faith which he had while uncircumcised, so that he might be, here it is, the father of all who believe without being circumcised, that righteousness might be credited to them, and the father of circumcision to those who not only are of the circumcision, but who also follow in the steps of the faith of our father Abraham, which he had while being circumcised. Now this, this word father that we're looking at here, it's not like we're talking about the father, the son, the Holy Ghost. We don't, we don't pray to Abraham, all right? But just as a parent is an example to their children, father to their children, Abraham is an example of faith. What type of faith are we supposed to have? When the Lord promises you something, and all you have to do is believe that it's going to happen, and not usher in all of the reasons why it won't. Does that make sense? His faith is what needs to be what is the example that we need to live by. He's the father of our faith. The father of those who are un... Uh, let me get verse 9 back up there because I don't want to walk all the way back to my Bible. Okay? Oh, I'm sorry. Verse, um, verse 12, you had it up there. I'm, yeah, right there. And the father uh, of circumcision to those who not only are of the circumcision, but who also follow in the steps of the faith of our father Abraham, which he had while uncircumcised. This gospel, ladies and gentlemen, is for everybody. And the picture that's being painted here is how the Lord took Abraham and said, let me, let me make this relevant to those who aren't circumcised, and let me make this relevant then to those who are the carriers of this law, the Jews, taking something out of context. But let me put it back into context for you. That not only the Gentiles were now able to um, have access, if you want to say, say it like that, but he turns his attention to the Jews in verse 12 here. And he does it in such a way that I believe we need to take note of this this morning. And he does it like this. And I know I've read this a billion times, but I don't care. It's the word of God. You read it all the time. <laughs> Keep reading it. This verse 12 is saying something here. So it gets done, he gets done talking to us about the father of all who believe without being circumcised that righteousness might be, might be credited to them and the father of circumcision to those who not only... See, that not only is, is heavy. Not only are circumcised. Not only claim to be a believer. Not only are you a Christian. Not only do you carry the gospel. 
this, but who also follow in the steps of the faith of our father Abraham, which he had while uncircumcised. Now see, following in the steps of his faith. One thing about the circumcision that you guys have to understand, and I want to make sure I communicate this very clear, is that it also signified for those who were that they were a descendant of Abraham. Now that is something that the Jews kind of lorded around and said, hey, we're, we're descendants of Abraham because of this, and if you're not circumcised, you're not a descendant, so therefore you don't receive the same blessing that Abraham received. Now, that's further explained in the next few verses, and I'll read that at the end. But here's, here's the, the issue with what this is saying in verse 12, is that rather than being boastful about being a part of the family, Abraham's family, this is saying when it says following the steps of the faith of our father Abraham. See, we need to be more concerned about being an example of Abraham's faith. Not being so excited about being just a part of the family. Does that make sense this morning? Now his faith, ladies and gentlemen, moves this man from a place of <laughs> believing that he's He's not going to have an heir for the rest, of, uh, the rest of his family, pretty much. And the Lord takes him to a place where he says, this is what I'm going to give you. There's nothing you can do about it. It's going to happen through me. But then, what does Abraham do before the promise comes to fruition? He tries to what? Put his hands on it, right? So I go all the way back to my, my, my statement. There is nothing you can do to fix your problems. There is nothing you can do to fix your circumstance. But when a promise is made, there is a faith that the Lord is trying to get you to operate in to make this promise come to fruition through him and not through you. Are you with me this morning on that? But what we see in these verses is a picture of the gospel being sufficient for every man. In the circumcision and outside of the circumcision. Within the law and outside of the law. And all the Lord needs and asks you to do is just to give it. Does that make sense this morning, ladies and gentlemen? Let me, let me read these last few verses here, which I don't think I'll have time to jump into. But it says this in verse 13. For the promise to Abraham or to his descendants that he would be heir of the world was not through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if those who are of the law are heirs, faith is made void, and the promise is nullified. For the law brings about wrath, but where there is no law, there is no violation. Uh, my question this morning is uh, one that isn't necessarily posed to you guys as much as it's posed to the Father. What does he want to do with us today with this? Uh, with what has come across the pulpit?
saying that, look, all I need you to do is just, is just give this gift. Now, I don't want to make this, uh, turn this message into something that, that is just coming from me. Uh, I hope that it hasn't been communicated that way. But as the word goes out, it, it should never return void. Amen. Amen. And so, with that being said, uh, what I want to do real quick, uh, let me get the worship team back up here this morning. Uh, you guys can come on back up. Uh, and let's just take a second. If you guys could just pray with me. Um, I just really want to go before the Lord and ask him for, for an administration for what he wants to do uh, for this time and with, with this word. Father, we know your presence to be in this room. We know that you are, you're sitting right next to us. And Lord, when that happens, we don't want to miss something. We don't want to... Yeah, we just don't want to miss it. And so Lord, we come before you this morning asking for your hands to be on the situation asking for you to show us how you would have us respond to what is what is going on this morning the father this example in the word of how the gospel is so potent that it reaches every man and all you're asking us to do on an individual level lord is not to doctor our situation, not to doctor our circumstances, not to manage our pain. But Lord, just to simply let you work and see how you cover every base. From beginning to end, Lord, you know everything in between. And who are we, Father, to take one thing and make it to it? Who are we, Father, to take even one issue, one problem, and make it a mountain? When to you, Father, it's a molehill. And to you, it's very, very small. But Lord, this faith that you're asking us to have in you this morning, Lord, I pray that you stir that up. Just stir it up in Jesus' name. Stir it up right now. All you're asking us to do is just believe. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. See, I believe that there are things in our lives such as circumcision that can become stumbling blocks. That it can be so much about doing the right thing the right way that we totally miss out on the fact that there's a relationship that's wanting to be had at the moment. And so this morning I believe the Lord wants to remove all of the, the whatever the law would represent 
in our lives. The doing things the way they're supposedly supposed to be done right. I'm sorry. That's not what it is about today. But getting on the other side of all of that and experiencing the gospel, experiencing Jesus Christ today. that I am the one who supplies all your need? Do you trust that I am the one that can take what you offer me and make more of it than you ever have thought or imagined? Do you trust that I am the one that has future and a hope? But hope is not something that you have yet grasped. There's a hope I want you to understand this morning that goes beyond your current circumstances and enables you to look farther than where you are right now. Hope is always future. Hope always gives influence. I'm looking for you to come by faith and know that I am the one that rewards I want you to come by faith and know that I am the one that supplies. I want you to come by faith because I credit it to you as righteousness. So will you come? Will you trust that I am who I say I am, that I am your good father? Yeah that I know how to take care of my children, that I know how to take care of those who come to a place knowing that they are sons and daughters of the kingdom. What will it take for you to take a step and put faith in place, to activate your faith, to step forward and say, God, I trust you. What you just got done hearing and there's more there's going to be more uh, the beginning of verse 9 it says this it says is this blessing then on such and such I want you to know that what you just got done hearing was the Lord saying come and get this blessing this blessing is on you this blessing is on the, those who believe this blessing is not on the circumcised, the uncircumcised, whatever law you have, this, that, or the other thing. It is right here waiting for you to take it. It is on those 
was simply believe. My question to you this morning, do you believe? Do you want to believe? If you're having a hard time believing, let the Lord even have that. Just be honest with Him. Give that to Him. So, if you want prayer this morning for that blessing, saying, you know what, Lord, I'm done not believing. I'm done with the, the mental gymnastics of always bringing myself back to a place where I talk myself out of who you are. If you want to be done with that, then I'm just going to ask you to come to the front. And we'll knock that right out. We'll do that right now. If you want the blessing, step into it this morning. Amen. Alright, let's, let's stand to our feet and we'll sing this song. If that's on you to come up here and, and to receive that prayer, then please do. back and forth it just said that he believed and it was credited to him as righteousness father that blessing is on us we want to receive that it ain't got nothing to do with any of any lawful living being a law-abiding citizen father that is that is not it the relationship lord is what you're after we love you we thank you we need you in Jesus name I'm going to let you guys go as we continue to pray for these people up here but I just want to respect y'all's time huh. well let's do this first before we before we go let's bring the offering up here that's something that might have to happen today alright we'll bless this I'm just kind of in it who cares about the money Father, we thank you for this. Pray that you would bless it as it goes by, Lord. And just, uh, we want to return it to you because it's, it's all yours anyway. Show us how to give joyfully and from a place in our heart that is genuine, Father. We love you. In Jesus' name, go ahead and, go ahead and pass that. Father, we love you. We thank you. As we go from this place, just continue to convict our hearts, Father. Uh, show us that this blessing is for us. We just need to, to receive that, Father, by way of believing. In Jesus' name, everybody said.